0: So, Florida got a big win over Utah. Florida State got a nice win over LSU. Does this put even more pressure on Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to AllHurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today on a Victory Monday. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. Yes, we still have a lot more to say about Miami's 70 to 13 season opening win against Bethune Cookman. What they have to look forward to against Southern Miss this weekend. Miami is a 27-point favorite in that game coming up. Uh, But some external results also have people talking. And I want to address it, right? Because a lot of Miami fans out there, of course, you expected to beat Bethune-Cookman. You did it very comfortably. A lot of Miami fans were expecting Florida to lose at home to Utah. They didn't. And Florida State to lose in New Orleans, technically a neutral site, but, you know, not really against LSU. And they didn't. Now, LSU had several special team snafus that helped cost them that game. But still, this, you know, looks Florida State looks better than I thought they would right now. Same thing with Florida. And so I see a lot of Hurricanes fans talking now. The big message I'm seeing is, hey, since Florida State just got a a signature win against an SEC team, Florida just got a signature win against the, I think, seventh-ranked team in the country is what Utah was. Now there's so much more pressure on Miami. You've got to win at College Station. That's become a big narrative. Miami has to go into Texas A&M in 12 days, and they've got to beat the Aggies. Now, that's a really loaded projection. Now, I don't want, like, anyone to accuse me, Dono, why are you talking like a loser, right? Right. Take a step back from this, guys. I I am looking at Miami from within, and I think the way Mario Cristobal needs to approach this is, we don't need to be concerning ourselves with external results from teams and games that do not involve us. Our message does not change. Mario Cristobal, I'm sure, feels the same pressure today than he did 24 hours ago to go into Texas A&M on September 17th and hopefully come away with a victory. I don't think Mario is watching TV last night and say last night and saying, Oh gosh, darn it. Florida state beat LSU. Now I didn't feel this way before, but now we've got to beat Texas A&M because Florida state beat an SEC team. Now we have to do it. These are games and results that do not involve Miami in the slightest. Um, You know, I do think, and and of course I hope Miami will beat Texas A&M. I think they can. I think, very tough place to play, but I think Miami can beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M to me better than Utah, and definitely better than LSU. And you've got to go into College Station, which is one of the toughest road environments to play in. They pack ninety thousand plus into that building at Kyle Field. They call it the 12th Man for a reason. So no, I'm not making excuses preemptively for Miami. Um, I definitely think that from externally, if you look at the fans, right, Because and everybody thinks about, oh, I'm going to be arguing with so many Florida State fans. and floor. If we go into College Station and get blown out, everyone's going to be going after Miami. Yes, from a fan standpoint, there is external pressure after seeing Florida State defeat LSU. And, you know, I know that this is not, you know, a conference rival, but, you know, that was a really big win for Florida against Utah. And a lot of Florida fans and Florida state fans and Miami fans, they go at it. They banter and all that. Yeah. If you go into college station, Miami, if they go in there and get blown out, yeah, it's going to make Miami look a little bit worse. Right? So you've got to be competitive in that game. If you win that game, it's huge, right? That could be a signature win, early signature win for Mario signature win for Tyler Van Dyke. It is quest for the Heisman trophy, but folks, Results in games that do not involve Miami should not change our mindset whatsoever. All along, all along, we should be going into college station thinking we need to compete and try to win this game. Florida State winning, Florida winning doesn't change that. My mentality has stayed the same. And listen, I could argue, first of all, good for Florida State. Congratulations to you guys. That's a Miami opponent this year, every year. That's a team we're in the same conference with. Um, it's probably better for Miami who has Florida state at home this year in November. It's better for us if they win, because if Miami, then we hope they beat Florida state, get a little payback for last year, beat Florida state at hard rock stadium. And that becomes a higher quality win. If Florida state is better than we thought they were at that point. So beat Florida state. And if Florida state is like an undefeated team at that point, that's just going to be a higher quality win for Miami. So You've got to put put a positive spin on this stuff, guys. So, no, I don't think this puts extra pressure on Mario and the Hurricanes because, guys, Mario is constantly putting his team and his own mentality in the pressure cooker. So I don't think it changes. I think you guys are thinking selfishly as fans. You now feel more pressure for Miami to go in there and perform is the way that you look at it. So 70-13, to Hurricanes took care of business against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, I'm going to give you the biggest six things that we learned about the hurricanes. Some of these things we're really getting the sense of for the first time. Other things have been reinforced to us. Number one on this is number one on my list: Mario Cristobal. He is running a very tight ship from a discipline standpoint. We knew that would be the case. He talked the talk about that, about setting the culture. He's walking the walk. Mario Cristobal runs a very tight ship. And I think if you're going to change the culture, you have to create culture shock, right? And he's creating that culture shock. So Cristobal, and people have been debating this. Was he a little bit too animated on the sideline? He gave Cam Kinchins and the defense an earful after the celebration penalty from the Kinchins interception, which was a beautiful play on the field, by the way, spiked the football, They celebrated. Miami got flagged. Cristobal gave his defense an earful after that. Here's what Mario said about it after the game. You have to knock that out, he said. The rules are the rules. We don't play football on our own terms. We play football on the rules terms, he said. Cam Kinchins is a great human being, Mario said. A team leader. And he got excited and caught up in the moment. But we have to conduct ourselves in a manner where we expect to do that. That goes back to what Mario says. How we do anything is how we do everything. Like, you should expect interceptions, I think is what he's trying to say there. Now we need to go uh, get our teammates and the stadium rocking. The self-glorification stuff, he isn't that. He is a good guy. So Cristobal referred to it as a teachable moment, right? He wants to set it into these guys. And I thought the flag was a little soft, by the way. I didn't think the official had to throw a flag there. Some will, some won't in that same exact situation. But... Cristobal is trying to get the point across that, first of all, we need to act like we've been here before. Uh, But more importantly, if you're putting your team at risk for 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which is just giving free yards to the other team, that may not matter against Bethune-Cookman when you're winning the game by 57 points. That penalty didn't make a difference in the result. But giving 15 free yards away to the opponent, that's going to matter against Texas A&M. That's going to matter against Clemson. It's going to matter against Florida State and a handful of other teams you play on your conference schedule. So learn from this teachable moment. I dig it. And with other disciplinary stuff, talking about setting the culture, things we've learned over this past week, players are not allowed to bring phones into meeting rooms, which seems like a no-brainer to me, but apparently they were allowed to do that before. That's out. You're not allowed to play video games the night before a game. That also seems like a no-brainer. So you are you are banned from bringing your PS5 or your Xbox, whatever we're on now, into the team hotel. No video games the night before games, which is great. Focus on the game plan. And also, I know how it goes with these video games. You start playing the game at like 9 p.m. Before you know it, it's 5 a.m. Where did the time go? I've been up all night. So cut that nonsense out of there, okay? So Crystal, he's running a very tight ship. Um, you know, second thing that's been reinforced to us based on the performance on Saturday. Running the football is and will be the bread and butter to this offense. Now, you've got an excellent quarterback, two excellent quarterbacks. They're certainly going to be called upon to make plays. But the success of this offense is going to be dictated by running the football to set up the pass. That goes back to mentality. I thought the offensive line on Saturday, I know it was against inferior opposition, but I... I was pleased. They exceeded my expectations. I wanted to see them assert themselves at the line of scrimmage and at the point of the attack. They did better than I even thought they would. I loved what I saw from Jalen Rivers. I loved what I saw from Ja'Kai Clark before he got banged up. He is going to be okay. Cristobal confirmed that. So your starting center, I think, will be back next week. I loved what I saw from Inez Cooper, the true freshman who was bulldozing people when he got into the game. And Zion Nelson is going to be back dressed probably by this week. He'd been back in practice recently. I think they held him out for precautionary reasons. Uh, Miami's offensive line is going to be a lot better. Are are they going to go and, you know, run blocking especially was very encouraging to me because last year they were a lot better in pass pro than they were in run blocking. Uh, We are seeing these guys now looking like they're enjoying themselves. Run blocking down the field. Uh, A good stat for the running game was zero negative plays. There was not a single play where a Miami ball carrier lost a yard. Everything was forward. That's a testament not only to the running backs who did very well, but to the offensive line for getting that initial push. Nothing was behind the line of scrimmage. I love that. Uh, The O line didn't give up a sack. So pass protection, check. Okay. You had a seven right I don't know what I was about to say there you had seven rushing touchdowns a team record a lot of that is on the offensive line fantastic stuff there and 305 305 team rushing yards which is that's a huge victory for the offensive line and for the running backs and man I like Miami's running backs we haven't even seen everybody yet this year you know Henry Parrish showed me everything that he showed the last couple of years at Ole Miss really capable receiver out of the backfield, had three catches for 25 yards, very natural pass catcher, uh, and just a well-rounded running back. This guy can get outside, can run between the tackles, can make some moves, can make guys miss. 108 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Thank you, Henry Parrish. He's going to be always one of Miami's top two running backs this year. When Jalen Knighton is ready to play, I think he could have played if he had to on Saturday, but He and Jalen Knighton are going to be like 1A and 1B. Those are the co-starters. Thad Franklin, I know we talked about him on our Sunday review. Um, 8.7 yards per carry in the game. Stop calling him a short yardage back. (laughs) He may be Miami's best short yardage back, but he's not just a short yardage back. This guy is quicker than he looks. He's strong as an ox. He's really hard to tackle. He can catch as well. Uh, he showed that a couple times last season. So Thad Franklin was excellent. And we haven't seen Jalen Knighton yet. He'll probably debut this weekend. We haven't seen Don Cheney yet this year. We're probably not going to see him for a few more weeks, but he is going to return at some point. Unfortunately, we won't see Trevante Citizen. He's out for the year, but we're going to see Cheney a little later. We're going to see Knighton sooner rather than later. And Miami's got some walk-ons who can play, right? Terrell Walden. Uh, looked good. I think forty two or something he scored a touchdown. I think the one with forty two yards, about seven yards per carry was the new guy Lucius Stanley, who like just stepped off a plane. He's already contributing uh, the transfer from UAB. and Devon Perry, the uh, the red shirt uh, fifth year senior walk on, had some good plays as well. So yeah, running the football will be the bread and butter of this football team. We're gonna have more takeaways when we come back. I've got to talk about the performance from the quarterbacks. We've got to talk about who the second wide receiver is going to be outside of Xavier Restrepo. And I've got some suggestions for defensive personnel, okay? I I think the starting lineups in the upcoming weeks could look a little bit different than they looked on Saturday. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And guys, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Guess what? There's a new flavor ready delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate built has done it again. Let me introduce you to our new favorite mine and yours cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I just had one for breakfast guys. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and your family. And like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They're so good, guys. I eat like two of these a day. What's great about Bilt is all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, and it provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just grab a quick bite. Bilt is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar, so ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com and use our promo code LockedOn15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo locked on 15. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Let's talk a little bit about Miami's defense. They're going to be challenged more this week, although Bethune-Cookman had that really good uh, transfer quarterback who, like, he, t- they had trouble containing him. Uh, he made some plays outside the pocket. Southern Miss is better. And you know who plays for Southern Miss? Dude, if this guy scores a touchdown, like, it's going to be hard for me not to be happy for him. I will be happy for him. Obviously, I hope Miami wins the game. But Frank Gore, Jr., Frank Gore Jr. is probably Southern Miss's best player. He's their starting running back. And Mr. Gore uh, last week against uh, Liberty and Liberty did come back and win the game. So Southern Miss took an L, but not because of Gore Jr. He was fantastic. 174 rushing yards, had a 46 yard rushing touchdown, scored two touchdowns in the game. And he even threw some passes. He had a 48 yard completion in the game. So like Frank Gore Jr. is out there playing multiple positions at Southern Miss. Uh, I hope Miami can contain him. And, you know, if if, if he does a little work, I'll be happy for him because Frank – I've never met Frank Jr. before, but Frank Sr., what a guy. One of the best running backs in Miami history. One of the best running backs in NFL history and just – one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. So I'm listen I'm I'm happy his son is doing well. I I hope his son doesn't do that well this coming weekend. So you have to watch out for Frank Gore Jr. And okay, so this is nitpicky. When you win a game 70 to 13 and the defense it got better as the game went on. I didn't like their first uh, their first stand defensively. Bethune Cookman's first drive because they did allow Bethune to convert a third and 23 in their own territory to keep the drive alive, marched down for a field goal. They scored a touchdown later in the game. Miami only gave up 13 points nitpicky. I get it, but the defense, they did show some of the same issues from last season. And it's some of the same players giving you some of those same issues. So I'm wondering if Miami has some options to maybe shake up the starting lineup a little bit. Uh, I think moving forward, you might want to consider starting someone like Daryl Porter who transferred in from West Virginia or Isaiah Dunson at the quarterback at the corner back spot that DJ Ivy started in, because, um, you know, I, I really want Ivy to have a great season. He's been a great practice player for the last several months. Um, unfortunately, I didn't see all of that from practice translate into the game. So, you know, I wonder if Miami might shake it up and, and you know, Ivy's still going to play. There's going to be rotation there, but I, I wonder if you might consider giving more snaps to people like Porter or, or Dunson. Um, and, you know, Miami's got some even younger guys uh, like Malik Curtis who can get into the mix and Chris Graves, who's a true freshman. But, you know, if you're looking for a little bit more experience, a guy like Daryl Porter could be more of like a, an immediate answer, you know, Tyreek Stevenson on the other side, he he did have a, a blown coverage in this game, but I don't worry about Tyreek. I know he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be one of Miami's standout defensive players. Um, but, yeah, you have to wonder there. And also at linebacker, you know, Corey Flagg, um, I wonder if he's going to be holding down that starting mic spot all season because, you know, he's got Caleb Johnson breathing down his neck who definitely has more – Athletic upside, more strength and power and size, and really experienced as well. They're both experienced, right? Flag and and Johnson. I mean, Johnson's like 24 years old, transfer from UCLA, uh, one of Miami's more important transfers. So I wonder if you might shake things up there a little bit because listen defensively, it wasn't perfect. I thought the offense actually outplayed the defense, which I wasn't expecting in Saturday's win. Um, I'm expecting more moving forward from Miami's defensive line. Uh, they were not as disruptive as I thought they were. I was expecting more than two sacks and more than five tackles for a loss. Um, I think that unit's going to be okay because I don't think it's a coincidence how well they played throughout fall camp, especially when you see Miami's offensive line is probably better than some of you gave it credit for. And the D line was dominating that O line throughout practices. So I think the D line's going to be okay, you know. Um, uh thankfully leonard taylor is uh he suffered a stinger so he was in a lot of pain when he got hurt on saturday but he's going to be fine taylor's going to be really important on this defensive line so will daryl jackson be who i thought played pretty well akeem mesador mitch agude jafari harvey chance williams jarrison jared harrison hunt who i like a lot so Miami and Nigel e. Kelly true freshman is going to shine at some point this year. So there's there's a lot of quality bodies on that defensive line that were not as disruptive as I expected, but you know, after 70 to 13 win, you nitpick a little bit, okay? Uh, so I wonder if you'll you'll shake up the starting lineups and personnel. Like I don't expect the starting lineup against Texas A&M to look exactly the way that it looked against Bethune-Cookman. I'll just say that. I think there might be a couple couple of tweaks that you want to make there. Uh, going back to the offense, um, I do want to pat the quarterbacks on the back. You've got two very high level quarterbacks, Miami's very blessed in that department. Um, if Tyler Van Dyke wasn't here, Jake Garcia would probably be a Heisman candidate. I think, I think he's that capable, but Tyler Van Dyke is just slightly better. So you know uh, kudos to both of them uh, they were basically perfect tvd 13 for 16 198 yards two touchdowns garcia was eight for eight for 88 yards a lot of eights in there you really couldn't ask him to do more than what he did and you know tyler van dyke the throw that he made to xavier restrepo for that 52 yard gain that was an nfl caliber throw um and If Miami is going to have, going back to that pressure that we talked about, if now, if you're a Miami fan and you now feel even more pressure to beat Texas A&M because you just saw Florida get a signature win and Florida State already get a signature win, if you're feeling more pressure now against Texas A&M, at least you can rest assured you've got a quarterback who is capable of being one of the best in the country. That If Miami doesn't beat Texas A&M, I don't think it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke's fault. I don't. I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to do whatever he can to keep you in that game. I think if Miami loses to Texas A&M, it's probably going to be more about the defense having lapses and maybe the offensive line getting overwhelmed. I hope that doesn't happen. But if you lose that game, it's not going to be because of your quarterback. I think you're in very good shape. Tyler Van Dyke could start on almost any team in the country, and Garcia could start on probably the majority of the teams in the country is how good of shape Miami is in from the quarterback standpoint. Wide receiver, um, you know, we did talk about this a little bit in our review episode yesterday, so I encourage you to check that out as well in case you missed it. I liked seeing Frank Ladson getting a couple of important grabs, and I like seeing Michael Redding getting some important grabs, including that contested touchdown that he had where he wrestled away from the defender. Basically, he got the 50-50 call. Tie goes to the runner. Thank you, Mr. Referee. Uh, It was a good effort, though, by by Michael Redding, because we need to see a true second option at wide receiver emerge. Very clear, Xavier Restrepo is the go-to guy out of the receiving core. Like, you could throw a couple tight ends in that conversation, but out of the wide receivers – Xavier Restrepo is and will be your number one guy. And I'm that's fine. I'm fine with that because I think he's really good. Very dangerous out of the slot. Who's going to emerge as the second guy? You know, are we going to see? We saw a lot on special teams from Keyshawn Smith, who looks like a really dangerous return man, which is great. Uh, are we going to see, you know, more from more consistency from him at wide receiver once Jacoby George is eligible to play, he's suspended for another game. You know, is he going to emerge? You know, he had a ridiculously high yard per catch, average 26.2 last year, but we still we still haven't seen someone else emerge. And, yeah, I was very happy with the special team's performance. It was nice to see. Restrepo had a big return. Keyshawn had a bunch of big returns. You know, we'll, we'll see if we get like Malik Curtis more in that mix moving forward because he's a very dangerous return man. So I like it. I like it a lot. We've got a recruiting update. There were multiple big-time players at the game. Miami recruits. One of these contested guys that Miami is not a flip because he's not committed anywhere, but seems like he's virtually a lock to go to Georgia. Can Miami get him to play his football in Coral Gables? We will talk about that and more when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch today. Speaking of your first watch, bros. Our goal, and we're getting close, our goal is to reach 5,000 YouTube subscribers by the Texas A&M game. We're less than 250 away from reaching that number, but help us get there, man. We want to get to 5k YouTube subscribers by September 17th. If you watch these on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, it's free. Hit the subscribe button. If you've got friends who are into Miami football, college football, tell them to to subscribe. We want to get to 5K within the next 12 days, so let's freaking go. So, four-star wide receiver, Tyler Williams out of Lakeland. You know, Lakeland is uh, historically Gator territory, although this one, Tyler Williams, has been trending heavily to the Georgia Bulldogs for a long time. Uh, They've got him over 95% to Georgia – on the uh, on three tracker and whatever crystal balls he has on 24 seven, I believe are, are going all in Georgia's direction. Um, this is someone I would love to have at Miami. We need someone of his profile in this uh, receiving class because, you know, Miami's got, you know, Ray, Ray, Joseph and Robbie Washington, very good receivers, smaller, shiftier guys. Whereas Tyler Williams, six foot three, over 200 pounds, Man, I would love him or a Brandon Innes flip or a Hakeem Williams. Like, these are the size profiles that I am looking for. In the case of Tyler Williams, there's definitely some momentum for Miami. So Williams, standout wide receiver, four-star out of Lakeland. He was actually scheduled last weekend to make an official visit to Ole Miss. Cancelled that OV. Ole Miss is out. He canceled Ole Miss in order to make an unofficial to Miami to attend the Bethune Cookman game, and he liked what he saw. Uh, he was interviewed by um, by Kane Sport, which is the On Three Miami website. He said it was great to get back down. I think the last time I was down it was February, so I got to see a lot with the new staff. He said, "Yeah, because like." Mario didn't have his coaching staff completed back in February. I don't think there was a lot of still question marks there. He says, it was good to see how everybody's moving pieces. He says, I seen a lot of great things offensively was equally spread. He liked the balance running the ball and throwing the ball. Special teams operate very well. That's part of my game. He said, I play punt return and kick return. I'd love to have him doing that here. And I've seen, they did a good job with that too. So it was good getting back. Um, And they noted on on three, uh, so he's he's got more official visits to take, Tyler Williams. He's going to schedule an official visit for Miami, and it's probably going to be his final official visit before he makes his announcement September 27th. That's when he's going to announce his college destination. So that is 22 days away. I get scared every time I have to do quick math, but he's 22 days away from announcing his college decision. Yo, we have weekly conversations with one of our recruiting experts, John Garcia. John always says it. When it comes to official visits, you want to be first or last. You want to make the first impression or you want to make the final impression before someone decides. Usually it bodes well for the first or the last, and it doesn't usually bode as well for the schools that get visited in the middle. So that would be gigantic. If Miami gets his final official visit before announcing. That could shift some momentum for the Canes. And still to this point, just if I play the odds and I play the sentiment, I'm still just going to default to saying Williams is favoring Georgia because he's still trending there. But I'm telling you folks, that can change. And Miami has the next 22 days. And it already started really because, you know, being, being down for his visit for the Bethune-Cookman game. That's when they really started this process of trying to pull him towards the U. Uh, Miami's got a lot of time to make up some ground here. So we'll see. We'll see if the Canes can surpass Georgia by the time he announces. Um, I'm going to be in Coral Gables today talking with Mario, Kevin Steele, Josh Gaddis. We'll post more videos on the YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to the audio as well. Make sure you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. And my friends make sure you make your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into the ultimate NFL preview. Search ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we will talk to you guys again throughout the day and into tomorrow right here. Unlocked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.